This is A Penny for Your Thoughts. I'm Farrell Styers. There's one skill that's sought out by employers more than any other. It's a skill that companies feel they need and have a hard time finding. It isn't coding or math. It has nothing to do with software or interpersonal communication. The skill that companies are so desperately seeking is creativity. According to LinkedIn, in a review of over 50,000 skills, creativity was found to be the most in-demand skill for 2020. And in an IBM survey of 1,500 CEOs, they found that creativity was the most sought-after leadership competency for the future. This comes above management discipline, integrity, or even vision. Companies want creativity because it helps them innovate. It helps them find new solutions to problems. And it's an insurance policy against uncertainty. But creativity can often be in short supply. There's not only the challenge of finding creative people. Also just because it's, it's difficult to find truly creative people. You have the 1% who are the creatives. So they have the rare ability to come up with fresh and new ideas. But challenges in keeping that supply of creativity going. Today we're going to explore this skill. More specifically, we're going to look at how crowdsourcing can be used to bring creativity into a company that needs it. We'll even see how it fits in with the current coronavirus context. In our last episode, we talked to one of our clients, Reckitt Bankheiser. They are one of the biggest makers of health and household products. And they spoke about how they used creative crowdsourcing for product innovation. Today, we'll dig into the why of crowdsourcing. Producer Felix Rumpf stopped by the studio to explain what he found when he explored this issue of sourcing creativity. So, Felix, welcome. Thank you. So we know now kind of why creativity is a big deal or why companies or brands should care about it. But you have a story about kind of how to go about it. Why is it so difficult? What is the, the struggle with creativity? So... The problem is the, not so much the creativity itself, but to be creative all the time, to have sustainable creativity. And for sustainable creativity, of course, you need, on the one hand, you need sustainability, meaning you need to come up consistently with fresh ideas, which is limited by a company working with in-house creatives or kind of the same fixed agencies um, you have a limited group of people who at one point just will run out of ideas because they're a hom homogeneous group. They're, they're, well, as I said, a limited group. Mm -hmm. And at one point, they're going to uh, scrape the bottom of the barrel. This problem of sustainability also comes up against the one rule, it has its roots in social media. It states that 90% of people will just consume content. 9% will curate and interact with it, but only 1% will create it. And these are your creatives. So they're rare. So you have the trouble of you won't be able to find them that many. And then yeah, you can't hire all of them because well, you need to pay them, of course. Of course, it needs to be like a sustainable business as well. But this group also tends to be too similar to each other. When you're working close together, like physically close together, you will be able to work more efficiently. 
the same also the more similar the people to each other the more efficient they will work together because there's less of a language barrier less of a just a general broad communication barrier but you're losing different perspectives so you will be less diverse as a consequence and what does it mean is if you're less diverse you will be less uh, equipped to deal with the diverse set of problems there's even a name for this it's called the diversity trumps ability theorem it states that a randomly selected collection of problem solvers outperforms a collection of the best individual problem solvers if you have a group of people working in the same office they're working in the same office culture dealing with the same challenges from the company and in general just start to become more similar not to mention that they clearly live in the same area and may share lots of other traits this finite pool of people can only be so diverse so it can be a challenge to get creative new ideas from them on top of the challenge of sustainability and diversity felix said the next issue was one of empathy professional creatives tend to be of a certain class and as such might sometimes struggle to empathize with the customers they're trying to solve problems for well they will run into issues in truly thinking themselves into the shoes of an average consumers there will be some degree of disconnect it's always a struggle and it will be an effort to achieve that and it won't always work so the question then is what are you doing about these challenges if you can't rely on your in-house creatives uh, at least not all the time one way to address this challenge is creative crowdsourcing ica which is the insights consulting crowdsourcing solution is one example of how companies can bring in a steady stream of creativity but what is creative crowdsourcing <laughs> The idea is that an organization can detail out their creative challenge in some sort of brief. And then this challenge is published to a large online community of self-proclaimed creatives. The idea is judged to be the best, are rewarded with incentives, and that creates an incentive for them to return for more challenges. There there is no barrier or filter put on there. Anyone who thinks of him or herself as a creative and has access to the internet can take part in these challenges and then it's a matter of well actually how creative truly creative their input is or how useful to the problem at hand which ones then get selected as best or as winners but what you know for sure is you will get a wide range of creative solutions and when you think about it this addresses all the concerns he laid out previously by having a community of thousands hundreds of thousands in this case You can certainly argue that the flow of creativity is more sustainable. It's also more diverse because you have people from all walks of life all over the globe participating. And with this amount of diversity, you're also far more likely to find people who can actually empathize with the problem the company's trying to solve. But to get beyond the theory, we spoke to someone who's been working in creative crowdsourcing for several years. Okay, so my name is Thomas. Uh I joined Aika 6 years ago. It was my first job. So my position today is I'm account manager and so in charge of helping our clients tapping into that uh, crowdsourcing creative community that we we have and that's what Aika is actually. We are a, a crowdsourcing platform where 
people from all over the world, creatives, uh, go. Uh, that's a website that anyone can access and anyone can register. Um, and those people, what they are looking for, uh, they want to practice their skill, express their creativity, uh, be inspired by brands and their challenge. And uh, that's what they find basically uh, on ACA. When a company wants to crowdsource creativity, they're usually looking for help in one of two areas, innovation or communication. But Thomas emphasized that this could take many shapes. The good thing about ACA and what's fantastic about crowdsourcing is that uh, the community is so large and so diverse, uh, we can tackle almost everything. Mm -hmm. Almost everything. I can explain that in a few words and a few examples, but it can be something, a challenge uh, on communication for dentures, uh, senior people living in the US. Uh, This is an existing project that we've done uh, last year to something that is much more generic, like uh, invent a new um, toilet block, for instance, in the UK. Uh, These are the, um, the different types of things we can do with the community working on innovation, create a new product, a new experience, uh, communication to imagine new uh, campaign, new ways to communicate on benefits of a product benefit, for instance. Or sometimes it's more like create a full story with people developing storyboards or packaging. There are many, many, many uh, types of uh, use for creative crowdsourcing and many different types of, uh, of clients tapping into the, the richness of the, of the crowd. The idea of creative crowdsourcing is to solve new problems in a novel way. And there's one problem that's been on everyone's mind lately. Coronavirus. The coronavirus has introduced countless new problems for people and businesses. And while we're only a few months into this new reality, Thomas explained that the crowd has already been used to look for creative solutions to problems created by the crisis. First, what was interesting during the COVID is that we've seen the traffic on ACA um, increase. Uh, we've seen, I think, uh, plus 60% in terms of people going on the website uh, looking for challenges, So, which was evidently a, a clue that people were stuck at home and were looking for new things to do. Crowdsourcing during the crisis hasn't been limited to ICA. Businesses, governments, and even artists are crowdsourcing their way through the pandemic. Very interesting example that we've seen here in um, in France was Decathlon, uh, which is a, a massive, uh, not only retail shop, but uh, they do a lot of sports material. And they launch, uh, they, they have their own crowdsourcing platform and they launch very specific to COVID uh, challenges and project of research to uh, really see what people can do using their own, uh, you know, sports furniture to protect from COVID. So it's using like uh, something that you are supposed usually to put on your neck, you put it on your nose uh, and you do a, a quick DIY, DIY thing to make it work like um, a mask. Uh, so very different types of example of using their products and um, and asking people who are their users, their consumers uh, to find creative ideas to um, 
to fight uh, COVID. And there were like more institutional examples. We've seen like uh, the Ministry of Defense in, in France, for instance, uh, they've launched their own on their website, uh, their launch call for entry, asking people or innovators or small companies uh, to submit ideas. They, were, they listed a couple of challenges that they had um, as a Ministry of Defense to fight the COVID. And they asked basically, yeah, they were looking for ideas. That's like two different examples, and another one that we we saw that uh, that was really interesting, and that's one example. That, but there, I guess there were many other on the on the social uh, media like Instagram or Facebook. But mm-hmm. one um, one famous uh, rock band in France, basically at the beginning of the COVID, they were about to launch a new album and start a, a tour, uh, but everything was obviously cancelled, and they decided to. Um, to take the opportunity of being stuck at home and having all their fans stuck at home to work together and collaborate, co-create. Uh, and at the end of the of the lockdown, uh, they released a song that was um, co-created by their whole uh, fan base, I would say, uh, because uh, during a week they were working on the on the sound. Another week was on the on the writing of the song. The the, the week after that was like asking anybody who knows how to play guitar to work with them and develop uh, um, you know the rhythm etc so that was really an interesting initiative and we've seen yeah people uh, having more time being able to engage and creatively uh, and creativity playing a role there to uh, um, yeah to fight boredom Aika also got in on the COVID creative crowdsourcing Thomas put us in touch with another colleague to help explain so I'm Heather Klitschik. I'm now in the role of managing director for the South African office. Heather's not just the managing director of the South Africa office. She also managed the company's coronavirus creative challenge. Effectively, obviously, with the onslaught of COVID um, and the world really going into lockdown, we had launched a consumer community where we were getting feedback from consumers on the sort of like pressing topics that were on their mind and on their hearts and really plaguing them. And from that, some key insights were born. One of them really being sort of that people um, very quickly became quite fearful of crowds and how they would, you know, go back to normalcy um, where there would be crowded um, settings and they would have to go about their daily business. So we took that insight, uh, which I'm sure we can all relate to, I mean, I certainly can, and we framed it in the context of a challenge to our creative community, so to our ICA participants, and we really wanted them to help us help brands create brand, like products or services that would help consumers go back into the world, especially into sort of settings that might be, like, might have crowds or that would still be a, like a post-COVID world, really. And what sort of um, preparations could brands be doing now in terms of their innovation pipelines or what sort of communications should they be doing to help consumers navigate back to the new normal, is what we term. This wasn't a project for a particular client, but an open call for ideas on how brands of all kinds, across sectors and categories, can deal with this new reality. But it was really like, what can brands do to help them with that journey? So, you know, recognizing that they also themselves might have to reshape some of their own products or services might become slightly more obsolete or more in demand 
in this new new town. Basically, what the challenge, what they had to submit our creatives was to recognize a problem that exists in the in the new world, really, and to present a solution to that. The realm was really open to them, so it was really broad in the sense that they could pick really any challenge and find any solution to it. But it would have they would have to motivate sort of which brand or which industry would be best positioned to provide that solution. We issued the challenge and we really only had or allowed ourselves 12 days to capture all of the results. And it was quite phenomenal to see just how many um, responses we got in that time frame. So from the ARCA community, we had 65 individuals who came forward with ideas and collectively they put together 142 separate ideas which is, I mean, really exceptional. Those ideas originated from 35 different countries, which again just speaks to how global and diverse the community is in and of itself and just how good ideas really can come from any corner, you know, of the Mm. world. Uh, From those ideas, we selected 10 winners and even amongst the winner set, you could see that there was diversity. So I would, there was a, not two winners came from the same region. This really seems to address those issues Felix was mentioning earlier. They received a huge number of ideas in fewer than two weeks and had submissions from all over the globe. That sounds fairly sustainable and diverse. It's more normal than not that you would see a winning idea come from someone who is not residing in the same country or even sort of like region of the world as yourself. And possibly, and I mean, it's not just so much geographies, but also we've posed ideas sort of that would relate maybe to um, parents and children and something you would need in that dynamic. And we've had individuals who are without child coming forward with a winning solution. So I think really just to acknowledge, like you don't always have to be talking to someone who looks and behaves or is demographically profiled in exactly the same way as your target market. You can really cast the net a lot wider and go to someone who, who would have a good idea, irrespective of if they look or behave the same way as you do. The ideas themselves were also interesting. Though in this case, they weren't meant to address any specific problem for a brand. They were meant as inspiration for companies wondering how the crowd might help them deal with this new set of problems. There were ideas to support the increase in online shopping. One of our creators from China, he had this idea of, uh, you know, the bubble paper that we all have uh, when we do uh, other things on the internet to, to protect the, the product. Uh, he has this idea of uh, creating a, a bubble paper that will not only pro- protect the product, but protect yourself as well. When you open, uh, open it up, each bubble has a sort of um, little disinfectant inside. And by pressing it, uh, you will... Um, uh, release um, a sort of hydroalcoholic gel uh, that will avoid contamination for you and your and your family. There were ideas to deal with crowded spaces. Thinking about the crowded environment of public transport and now having to go in this in the space where so many other people are congested and around you, and just taking their what they've called like clean grip, effectively just uh, giving disposable cleaning units on all the hand railings, as simple as that. I mean, it seems so obvious, it's almost like you would expect it to really exist, but something like that would be quite simple for them to action. There were ones that relied on other existing technologies, so something like thinking about Google Maps, but saying let's transform that into, instead of 
cars and vehicles, we can make it individual people so that if I'm now plotting a path for myself to the mall or through the mall, I could very clearly see the crowded areas and avoid that on my own route. I mean, really simple stuff. Some of the, the cuter ideas, there was a lovely idea that they've called the wingspan um, backpack. And I mean, it's quite telling in the name itself. So you would wear a backpack that has wings or some sort of like animated type um, wingspan on it. And this could be used in places like schools to help children keep distance from one another. So thinking about multiple generations, but also in a more fun, crowded session settings rather like festivals. So allowing people to still go and do fun things, but keep, keep socially responsible in those settings. As Heather said, there were dozens of ideas. And if you're curious to see the 10 winning ideas, they're publicly available. What's interesting also with this project is that we have, um, we have uh, made public all the ideas on the, on the website so anyone can access and have a look at it and see uh, what types of ideas come from the, uh, the community. So these corona crisis ideas are just one example of how companies can use the crowd to help them navigate new problems. But the pandemic will not be the last issue businesses face. They will keep coming, and companies need to keep finding new ways to address them. Back to my chat with Felix. He said that what's important for companies to remember is that crowdsourcing doesn't necessarily replace the creative means they've been using. And all of this doesn't mean that all the efforts you are currently doing or that you've done so in the past that they're useless or that they're not worth anything or of course they're important and you should you should keep on doing those you need your in-house creatives you need the creative agencies and they play a very important role the way to think about crowdsourcing is that it's another tool in your toolbox it's one additional thing that you can use that you can leverage to deal with the problems that are thrown your way you would restrict yourself by not using them if they're available and within your means. So it's a matter of just using everything you can. Each source of creativity has its own application. When it comes to internal ideation, it's not about volume, but about curation and convergence. This can include people from every corner of the organization. People on the inside are familiar with the company culture, the legacy, the constraints they're operating under, and even the wider mission. And they come with a load of specialized knowledge. This knowledge is key for fleshing out creative ideas. But tools like crowdsourcing can help a company not only think outside the box, but as we like to say, lose the box entirely. So there we have it. Get creative whatever way you can. Bring in the pros, but also rely on the bigger crowd out there. If you like what you heard in this episode, then check out our book scene, Bridging the Creativity Gap. It goes into more detail about how to use both crowdsourcing and research to address creativity. And it's full of real-life helpful examples and frameworks for understanding it. You can find a link in the show notes, or go to insights-consulting.com. I do the mixing and editing here, but today's episode was produced by me, 
Felix Rumpf, and Katja Pellini. Additional assistance came from Sarah Van Orla. Thanks to Thomas and Heather for taking the time to talk to us. And thanks to all of you for listening. Check back soon for a new episode.